success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on She's an Invincible podcast. And do we have an invincible one for you today? Haley Hamilton, two-time Emmy award-winning producer and reporter, is the founder of Kaylee Media, a PR and media company that amplifies the voices of thought leaders through organic media exposure. Kaylee has reported for top entertainment news outlets, including Entertainment Tonight, The Insider, and Us Weekly magazine. And she has been featured in Business Insider. She specializes in brand storytelling and securing earned media placements in top tier media outlets like Forbes for founders, creators, and experts. Oh my gosh, Kaylee, welcome to She's Invincible. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm excited to be here with you and to be able to share you with our listeners and really dig in deep today on what you are an expert in and how you are helping the world in this area. So let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. A little bit about my background. I grew up in Colorado. I was a very shy girl growing up, but for some reason, there was something about Hollywood, the glamour of red carpets, celebrities that just always intrigued me and enticed me. I did grow up watching Entertainment Tonight after dinner every night with my mom. So she was into it. And I was, I loved that whole world. I didn't want to be an actress or a singer, I wanted to be the person interviewing those people, getting to know those people and connect with those incredible people who I admired. But being so shy, being far away from LA, I was not sure how I was going to make that happen. But there was something deep inside me that was like, no, you need to go for this. So I went to college in San Diego. And I ended up serendipitously getting my first internship in the entertainment world at Entertainment Tonight of all places one summer during college. And then they ended up hiring me as a production assistant. And so it was just the dream come true. I worked there for four to five years. I worked my way up from production assistant. I was head of a department. And then I was also interviewing the celebrities, field producing out in the field, working red carpets. And my gosh, did I have to learn to really step outside of my comfort zone and push myself off the deep end being so shy, but also having that drive and just like pushing beyond the fear and to get what I wanted and to accomplish my biggest, wildest dreams. I ended up working at Us Weekly magazine, a few other outlets. And then during COVID is when obviously everything shut down in 2020. No more red carpets, no more celebrity interviews. I went through a breakup. 
I was turning 30 that year. It was just one of those times where life stopped and I had no idea what was next for me. I couldn't picture my future anymore. I felt very lost. So that's when I turned inward. And while sitting at home quarantined, I just started reaching out to any sort of like distant mentors, I call them, that I could find. And so I went and started just listening to podcast interviews. I started reading articles, finding people on TV segments. And through that, I just found people that really changed my life. I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's a neuroscientist researcher. He really helped me to rethink the way I view life, how powerful my mindset, my thoughts are, how they can manifest what I want in my future, things like that. I started a meditation practice. I stopped drinking alcohol. Just all of these things came together because I was so inspired and I learned so much beautiful information from thought leaders who made themselves visible through the power of the media. It's it's like people showed up to find me, I felt like, and they had helped me so much. And I realized, gosh, with my background in all sorts of media, I know how to facilitate and bridge the gap between people who need to be seen. And maybe they don't know how to be seen on bigger platforms like podcasts and articles and TV. So That's when I started my company. So it's been two years. I started at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021 to help basically invisible thought leaders who haven't been seen yet. And I help them get visible, do interviews through the media and reach the people who need to hear from them. I love that so much. Oh, my gosh. And so tell us what makes you invincible. Yes. So going back to what I was able to learn during COVID during that kind of dark time for me, I would say what makes me invincible is my mindset. I just learned so many tools and and reframed my whole view on life. And so I would say my mindset, I meditate, I journal, just being physically healthy, working out consistently, breath work really helps me. And then it's really helped me to cultivate a growth mindset. And also just having a positive, optimistic mindset when it comes to any uncertainty rather than leaning into negative, pessimistic side. It's so easy for our thoughts to go there. But I've learned a lot and used a lot of tools that I use every day that make me. Yeah, I would say that's what makes me invincible is my mindset. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. That is amazing. Mindset is it, right? It doesn't matter how much you know or how hard you work or any of that. At the end of the day, it's the thing you're telling yourself, right? And I always say this to my clients, like the six inches between your ears, right? And that's really what it is. And and you can have everything else right and that part not. And then it doesn't work out right. So I love that you're talking about this. And today we're going to talk about what you're a pro in, which I'm so excited about. And that is how to craft your PR story. And to cultivate confidence to be seen in the media. And I love that because we're here on a podcast, right? We're together in a room here. We're here on a podcast and media can be that. It can be so much more, right? And there's so many different things. And I I just, I I love even just having the conversation because you never know where it's going to (laughs) go. There's just so many opportunities when you talk about like the visibility of who you are and what you do. So let's jump in and let's get started on this topic right now. Let's not make them wait any longer. 
Let's do it. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Tell us what we need to know. Yeah, let's do it. So we, I work a little differently because my background um, is in journalism is in reporting. So I know from that perspective, what the media is looking for when it comes to the storytelling. So rather than when I work with my clients, it's, we don't focus on, okay, what do we want to publicize? What's the publicity side? We work on who are you, who is the human and the person behind your business, behind your brand? And what is the story that we want to tell? So when it comes to crafting your PR story, the first thing I ask my clients is just, what do you want to be known for overall? Like, how do you want to publicly position yourself? And then I have them kind of think about their future self. Who is that person? What are they known for? Who are they helping specifically? And what are they teaching? And overall, how are they being seen by a mass audience? Because we're working toward goals. And we have to be clear on that vision. So that would be number one is getting clear on who you, who that future version of yourself is, what you want to be known for. Number two is list out the professional topics and the personal topics that you want to and are willing to speak on publicly. So for professional, I just say quickly, just write down a list of all the topics you believe you're an expert on. You don't necessarily need a certification or anything like that. It's what you truly have experience, life experience with. And then same thing for personal, write a list of what you can speak on personally. And you want it to be something that kind of paints the picture of who you are and how you want to be known. So for me, my expert list would be PR, media, uh, media interviews, how to nail your interview, things like that. And then personally, I could speak on my mindset tools, my meditation practice. That's something that's personal to me that I can speak on. So that would be number two are to list your professional and personal topics that you can speak on in interviews. Number three, I like to call kind of your name drop. Like what is that it factor or that aha thing about you that makes people kind of do a double take? So say you're talking about yourself with someone new, an acquaintance, and you have those few kind of impressive things about you and your business that make people's ears kind of perk up. And their mind kind of does a double take. Maybe you might even feel a little cringy bringing them up because they're kind of like humble brags. But I always say own your humble brag, just own it. So think about what that is for you. And it can be something like an achievement, whether it's personal or professional, something interesting, maybe about your upbringing or your education, or uh, maybe a personal or business milestone. Maybe you work with really impressive clients or high profile people that you've worked with or serviced before something just about yourself and your business that's interesting or even an amazing but true fact or story that comes to mind about your life there's also your age if there if you're at an interesting age for what you do in your industry that's something that is intriguing numbers money for, yeah my example would kind of be like you know I lead with my Emmy Awards or that I worked at Entertainment Tonight, things like that, celebrity, I interviewed celebrities, things like that perk people's ears. Obviously, yours doesn't have to be that kind of glamorous and out there. But that would be number three is kind of figure out what your name drop interesting thing is and hone in on that. Number four out of five is think about you as a thought leader. So what do you have to share with the media that makes you a thought leader? Like, do you have maybe a differing opinion about something in your industry, maybe an opposing angle or 
say, a new kind of narrative to what's already being reported on or what's being talked about in your industry. Maybe you're behind the scenes and you're like, I can't believe nobody's talking about this. Own that. If you can talk about it, then be the person to talk about it. If you have predictions for the future of your industry that you want to talk about, just any insight, like some information or knowledge, if you have that, use that and use that to position you as an authority in your industry. So that's number four is think about what makes you a thought leader. And number five are the takeaways. So what do you want people to take away when you do do media interviews? What value are you going to be giving? So when pitching yourself to the media, there needs to be some value, some insight, something fresh that will get audiences reading, listening, watching and clicking. And it will also get to that media outlet excited to do a story on you and to interview you. So yeah, those are kind of my top tips. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. And I actually have some questions. So I'm going to work backwards just since it's the last thing uh, that you said. So here's my question for you about like submitting articles to like famous magazines and editorials, things like that. What do you think about pay to play? Is that something that your company does in the PR realm of like, I many times get messages from like who's who or these, you know, uh, top 50 over 50, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I love it when I get the top 40 over 40 because I'm like, I'm not 40. (laughs) But (laughs) but, you know, so at the end, they say like, oh, there's a monetary exchange here. Right. So what is what are your thoughts about that? And how do you coach your clients? Is it good? Is it bad? Like my I'll, I'll save my own personal thoughts, but tell me what you think. That's a really good question. We focus on only earned organic, non-paid media exposure. And I do push my clients to not do pay to play because at the end of the day, you shouldn't be paying a media outlet to feature you. That's just journalistic standards, morals. You, If you are able to craft an interesting story, like I was saying, you are able to get earned organic media exposure. The other side of that is they do have to disclose in those articles that it is a paid promotion. So at the end of the day, that is technically paid media. That's technically just paid marketing. And a part of earned organic media exposure PR is to establish your credibility in the industry and to show the whole industry like this outlet wants to interview me. This podcast wants to interview me organically. And so when you're paying for that, it kind of taints that credibility when you do get the real media exposure. However, if there is an opportunity that feels good, that makes sense, especially if you're a brand new business and maybe you have zero exposure, sometimes if there's a really niche outlet that gets great reach within your industry and there's an opportunity for them to feature a whole article on you and it is a pay to play, I think that's fine. To just to start that foundation and to get that under your belt. However, you have to think about it in terms of this is paid marketing, not organic media exposure. Right. So I didn't earn it. I paid for it. Right. And there is a difference. Right. But so I love what you're saying, though, is that it's not a yes or no answer, depending on where you are in your business. And if you are starting out and nobody knows you and you get an opportunity, it might be OK. Uh, I love that. My feeling has been what you said. The first part of what you said is that 
How can I say I honestly say I earned it when I paid for it? Like, right. and I know, and everyone else knows because I'm not the only one that's getting, you know, these pitches, right? So, right. Right. So, so the next coach knows that too. Like, oh yeah, they, yeah, she paid exactly. for that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. You don't want to position yourself that way. It's better to just go the earned organic route. I love it. Sure. So, okay. So here, I know this is so good. I came out hitting hard. I'm like, I, love I, didn't, it. I didn't have any of these ready. I had no idea what your five steps were going to be. I mean, I'm writing notes literally all over your paper as you're talking, I'm brain dumping. So, okay. So with that being said, uh, where is say, say we're dealing with people that are trying to get these earned things. Where is the best place to go if they don't, or I don't want to say don't, but aren't in a position yet to like contract with a PR firm and they're going to go try to get a little bit of action on their own. What would you recommend there? Yeah. 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 Great question. There are two outlets where you can start to get what are called media mentions. So if a journalist is looking for an expert in your industry and they're working on a particular story with a kind of tight deadline, they'll reach out on these platforms and ask for an expert to send back their quotes. So just a couple sentences, you may get published, you may not, but it's worth a shot. And one is called HARO, H-A-R-O stands for help a reporter out. And another one is quoted, Q-W-O-T-E-D. And you can create profile on quoted. With Harrow, you'll get emails sent to your inbox. And so I think that would be a great first way is to check both of those platforms daily and see if um, journalists are looking for your expertise and you can submit that back to them. Sometimes they are tight deadlines, so I would check pretty frequently. But that's certainly somewhere to start. My other tip would be to see where other people in your industry are getting press. So just anybody else who's speaking on podcasts, who's being featured in articles, who's going on TV, and they're talking about what you can talk about, I would start making a list of those people. And obviously, you know who's in your industry, who you admire and look up to. Start a list and then just Google their name. Go to Google News see if they've been in any recent articles that start making a list of that type their name into your podcast um, search bar on Spotify or Apple, see where they've been, where they've been on podcasts recently and start making a list of the outlets where they've been and the podcasts where they've been. And that could be a good start for you. Oh, that's so good. I wouldn't have even thought of that either. And I love those two places that you said, and I'll make sure to put the links in the show notes of those as well. So I'm moving yeah. back. I'm moving up. So another question I have is, so we talked about like dropping your, the bombs, right? Like, so you have your two Emmys and you have these big accolades. So we're talking about some newer people that don't have them. Can you give me a few examples of what might be powerful accolades if you don't have an Emmy or you haven't been featured in a big one? Like what might be a good recommendation for someone? Yeah. So I would say something that stands out, it could be honestly anything interesting from your life. Like, for example, let's see. I know some, some of them can be really big ones, but for, for example, okay. So my first business coach, she stood out to me and I found her because she was featured in an article. 
And her thing was that she, and this is kind of a big thing too, but her thing was that she was young. She was only like maybe 21, 22. She had flown and moved to Bali at the age of 22 with only $800 in her pocket to start her online business. So it was just like all of those things. It's like her age, she's young. She moved to Bali alone. She only had $800 in her bank account. And then she became a very successful online business coach. Little things like that, it can be numbers. So maybe you, like I said before, are at an interesting age in your industry. That could be different if you're willing to share money about your business, how much you've made or earned or milestones like that. That's something interesting. And then also your education. Sometimes there are people who like graduated from somewhere really interesting and had a totally different degree from what they're doing today. That could be interesting. Also, if they happen to work with somebody impressive, like if if you have a client who or have worked with a big brand that you can kind of name drop. So something that you're associated with, that could be something interesting. But yeah, those are the things that kind of come top of mind. I love that. And I'm going to go deeper on that one. So tell me yeah. this, what was it about that coach? Because this, this is like, I, I want to show people like where the magic is. So she was young. She, she up and moved to Bali. She only had $800. What was it about that story that you said, I need her to be my coach? So wh where was the connection that you were like, boom, this is the one? Yeah, I think it was the moving to Bali and that freedom side. I was I had been in L.A. for upwards of nine years. I could never really leave L.A. I really missed spending more time with my family. I wanted to travel more. And so when I saw that she was able to start a really successful online business and worked from anywhere in the world, and she obviously did this before COVID. But yeah, that's what really resonated with me is she packed up her stuff moved to Bali and also maybe the side of it where she didn't where she didn't have a backup plan. She had $800 and she went for it like plan A and plan A only. That's kind of how I felt when I was leaving my job at Us Weekly at the end of 2020. I was like I'm not going to have a plan B. It has to be plan A. I have to make this business successful and find the incredible people who need to get media exposure. And so I think yeah, I think it was the freedom for her. And yeah, that is so good. I'm so glad I asked that because like people, as they figure out what is going to be, you know, their dro mic drops that they're going to put in that they want to be thinking about how they can target the people that they're trying to work with. Right. So, right. yeah. So like almost like reverse engineering. So it's like, this is what she said. Mm -hmm. This is what you received and this is why you came to her. And so I want people to see that, like, if you're calling out young entrepreneurs who want freedom, mm -hmm. right, and then th that needs to be part of your story. How, some, how can that be part of your story? Not that you want to make up a story, but look inside mm -hmm. of you because those are the people that are going to resonate with you. I love this. This is so good. Oh. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. You're so right. Yeah. Yeah, it's 100%. like like bring that part out, you know, if that's who you want to work with. So I'm loving this. So, okay, now we're going back to almost like step one about like this clear message, right? So 
you know, I, I hear messages all day long. Today, I heard 18 of them in 30 minutes. Uh, what, tell me what is the best way to craft that message? Like, do you have like a exercise that you do with clients? Like, I, you know, I know what I do in podcast school, right? <laughs> so, uh, the, but like, what is the best way for someone to do that? If they're not like, I'm not a writer, right? So I had to hire a mm-hmm. copywriter because I just am not a writer. But, but what, what do you suggest? Is there like an outline or some fill in the blank questions that would prompt your thinking? What, what do you recommend for that? If someone's trying to DIY it? Yeah, I would. I love what you said about reverse engineering and seeing and getting clear on, you know, when you start a business, it's like, okay, who is my target audience? So we're already clear on that. Who do I want to speak to? And then those are going to be the same type of audience that you'll want to target in your PR media exposure interviews. So thinking about what they want to hear, what they need to hear as well. And so that kind of goes back to what I mentioned about the takeaways, like the value. This can even be bullet points. I like to, when I craft pitches, I'll reach out and I'll lead with the name drop. And I'll give a quick sentence about my client, or if I'm reaching out, I'll do it about myself. And then I like to do some bullet points, which are the topics that my client can speak on, which are the value takeaways. So these are the takeaways. This is the value. This is the expertise that my client can bring to the table, which in turn will be super, super valuable for your um, audience for the readers and the listeners. So I would reverse engineer it and start there. How how you want to serve the people that you're reaching through the power of the media. And then alongside that, I would focus on the step one of how do you want to be, what do you want to be known for? Like who is the future version of yourself? Who is the person being featured in the Forbes or speaking on the Lewis Howes podcast, things like that. It's like, who is that person? What do they stand for and what is the value that they're giving to their audience that they want to reach? I love that. And that leads me to where I was going next, which is like being a visionary, right? So that just that exercise in itself, you can actually create who you want to be and then step into it, right? So it's like you, you are the visionary. You get to create that future self. And then you get to step into it through the work that you do and the repetitiveness of the way you do it. Uh, And I love that because we hear coaches say all the time, you know, create the life you want to live. Right. And people are like, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, how do I do that? That sounds so easy when it comes out of your mouth, but it's so complicated. You know, when they think about how do I get from where I am right now to where I want to be? So I love what you're saying about creating that future self. Because really, yeah. you you have a blank piece of paper. You get to write who that person is and then do the things that that person would do if you were that person. Ugh. Yeah, I know. And it's like, have fun with it, too. It's like, that's when you can use your imagination and creativity. And if it does feel like a blank slate, then find some people who are kind of expanders for you. Maybe someone who you follow on social media or another expert in your industry who's way up here right when you're starting. Uh, hone in on them, see what they're doing, take bits and pieces of, oh, I love how they share their story, or I love their 
social media feed. I love what they stand for. I love their captions. Just anything that you can take from the people who inspire you and who you look up to. You can even make it visual, like make a vision board. I think vision boards are really, really fun. And it just kind of sets that that into your subconscious when you do get that clarity. And it doesn't have to be clarity on all the things. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. Have fun with it. Be lighthearted about it and use your imagination to just create whatever dream self you want to create. (laughs) I mean, it's true, right? You do get to write that story. Uh, I love this. This is so it's it's so good. So good. Okay, so you (laughs) talked about those humble shares. So I'm going to I'll use myself as an example on this category. So the humble share. So like I have a podcast school. I'm launching top podcasts. Is that too much to share like a stat that says that I'm launching top three or top 10 podcasts? Uh, Is that over the top? Is it better to be specific or is it better to be general saying I launched top podcasts? What do you Mm. think is, you know, like where's that humble share stopping now? It's like an ego thing. Mm. Always go over the top. And it doesn't have to, it does not have to be like you can still do it in a humble way through a humble lens, but you have to be your own biggest advocate. It's like on a resume, you don't want to hide the most interesting, super incredible things on your resume. So why would you hide that when you are promoting yourself and trying to get placed in the media? So yeah, for you, I would absolutely lead with that. And I would get very specific. So media loves specific numbers, specific call outs of anything. So rather than saying top podcasts, then you could say top 5% in the world podcasts or something like that. I love that. Thank you for that. Cause I, I don't know, but I I'm trying to coach other people too. And I'm, I'm always sitting in that gap of like, do we put it all out there or do we, you know, yeah, it's all that. So, okay. Now here's a big one. Ah, oversharing. (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about the overshare right like we see people say things they shouldn't say we shake our heads Mm. we're like oh no and and i want to take it a step further in pr do you actually go do the research and look at their accounts and look at what they're posting and all of those things right so are you doing that research is that what's happening out there I teach that, like, listen, this is the possibility that, you know, you're going to try to promote yourself in this most professional way. And then you're, you know, you're making out with your boyfriend on the beach half naked, right? Like, (laughs) you know, and and, and like how, where, not that that's not, if that's what you want to do, that's great, but that should not be something people are seeing when they're researching you about a career or about media. So tell me, where do you fall into all of that with your PR clients? Yeah, definitely. That's such a good question. Upon signing clients week one, we do an entire audit of their public platform. So their website, their social media, their entire public presence, their online presence. And so that's when we go through and just kind of clean things up. We optimize their bios, all of the things. But one of the things is we look at uh, maybe old social media posts that don't align with how we're going to publicly be positioning them, how they want their future self to be old tweets. Sometimes we'll have people archive just old Facebook profiles that don't need to be around anymore. Because as a journalist, I'm very well aware that anyone who becomes famous as a journalist and reporter, they are their 
professionals at digging up old stuff. So before you get um, visible and put yourself out there, you want to make sure that that's all in the clear and yeah, taken care of. And when it comes to oversharing, it's as important to write a list of, you know, all the things that you want to speak about that frame how you want to position yourself in the media. And it's as important to write a list of things that you don't want to speak about. Because when people go into media interviews, it is nerve wracking. It's lights, camera, action. And so there's a lot of pressure. And sometimes people will things will spill out of people's mouths. And especially on podcasts, it's it's good to, you know, those conversations, you dive deep, you really get to know the person and you really can share whatever you feel comfortable sharing out in the world. That's completely fine. However, I do suggest creating a list of things that you do not want to share in a podcast, especially when speaking with a digital or print reporter, because with reporters, they record your entire conversation and they transcribe every single sentence that you say. And so they can they can with their jobs turn your sentence into a headline. So you don't want to say something and then be like, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have said that. And then. I mean, this is usually for like celebrities or something. This is an extreme example, but you don't want something that you said that you don't want out there to turn into a headline, let alone just within an article. So being very clear and making a list of things that you don't want to overshare, don't want to speak on, having that prepared before going into interviews is really important. I love that so much. And most times I'll ask people in their pre-call when I'm going to interview them, like, is there anything you don't want to, any place you don't want to go? And, mm-hmm. and so, and, but, you know, always at the end, I'm always like, do we need to edit anything? Right. Like, cause sometimes in natural conversation, we may end up somewhere and be like, Ooh, I didn't mean to end up there. Right. And I love this, have a list of the places you don't want to go. And then that's just the way it is. And then it's yeah. fresh in your mind. You're brilliant. You are literally oh, brilliant. So I love this. I'm just so looking sweet. like, oh my gosh, do I have any more questions for you about this? I don't think I do. Is there anything else that you want to share that you think is important on this topic? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, that's very nice of you to offer to cut things out. That is certainly not a norm in media with media outlets. So I always tell my clients to just be overly prepared. It doesn't have to be a fear-based thing, but to just be confident and to be overly prepared because most of the time we cannot go back and have the outlet or the journalist, reporter, podcast host edit something out. So it's better to be prepared than to <laughs> ask for a change. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that's something. And then something I can speak on and dive into a little bit more is kind of the confidence thing. Speaking of how, how it's can be intimidating going into media interviews, especially if you've never done them before. And that goes also back to when I first started doing celebrity interviews, being such a shy girl, it was like, Oh my gosh, how do I build up this confidence? And I have kind of a method that I've honed a little bit that I can share on how to kind of hone in on that confidence. Yes. you want to dive into that really quickly. Yeah. Thank you. I call it the FPL method. It's just three letters. And so the first one is I like to fantasize, visualize, kind of picture the scenario. So say if you're going into an interview and you're really nervous, picture it beforehand, visualize it, feel mental rehearsal. 
feel the emotions before it happens and just kind of picture that in your mind that really preps your subconscious for what you're about to go into. That's the F. And the P is to plan. So planning. So if you're wanting to land a big, you know, today's show interview, then I would say plan out those steps, plan out your goals, figure out what you need to do to get to where you want to be, and then also push. So take the action. Either way, just keep moving, keep that consistency. You and I talked about how important it is to be consistent with podcast interviews, going on a podcast once a week. Push yourself to do that and take that action. So that would be the P. And then the L is to learn and let go. So along the way, and especially as you're starting out doing interviews, maybe you do your first podcast, you speak to your first journalist, continue to learn. Like you're not going to be brilliant at it at the beginning. And that's okay. That's why it's important to just be consistent and continue doing it because you will get better, especially after the first interview. Your confidence will just soar after that. And so just to continue to learn, research and just let go is the other thing is just to let go, trust yourself, trust that you have the knowledge inside of you to give the best interview that you're meant to give. So that would be kind of my three tips for honing in on your confidence before doing press interviews. I love that. I love it. So, okay. Now in your company, uh, what is your like number one form of PR? So as we look at like editorials, media and podcasting, what do you recommend for your clients? Yeah, I like to keep my clients at the top of the news cycle in their industry. So we focus on digital articles, whether that's just a mention, you're quoted as an expert, or it's a full feature Forbes article on you and your business. That can also be print as well. Print articles, that's a little more few and far between. Digital is amazing. It's great for your SEO as well. We focus on TV. So that can be local, your local news. If there's some sort of segment, depending on what time of year it is, what's happening in the news, we'll pitch you to local, national, international TV. And my clients will go live on TV. And then the third is podcasts. Of course, podcasts are my ultimate favorite. I love podcasts. They're such a good way for my clients and me and everyone to just connect with incredible people who need to hear from them and people who will buy, who are engaged and listening and who will follow you or buy your services, buy your product. So podcasts are the third form of earned organic media exposure that we get for our clients. I love it. Yay. You know what I love about podcasts is that there's a podcast for everything. So where like sometimes the magazines and these these articles and these local TV are like talking about one thing that everyone maybe doesn't fit in, but there's a podcast for everything. So yeah. no matter what it is, whether you're a mom or in the medical field or in your, you know, in fitness or tech or like anything, uh, you can find a place in the podcast field to put someone uh, where they can shine and share their expertise. And I love that that elevates them to uh, the level of expert, right? And in that field. And I love that. So I I'm love so having right. you here with Aww, me today and sharing so much of this. It's so brilliant. And I don't feel like we talk enough about it. I feel like like we either talk about writing or we talk about media, but we don't talk about it all as a whole, where it's really like this holistic approach where you can take one person 
and put them in all those different places and elevate them really quickly. And I just, I love what you're doing because you're open to all of the platforms. And I think that gives people more leverage than ever. So yay. Right. Thank you so much. It certainly (sighs) elevates somebody in your industry. It's like, you getting all of these media interviews compared to maybe your competitor who you have the same service, you're both amazing, but you have all the media and they don't, it really does up level somebody within their industry. And I love when my clients and we help them do this is to repurpose their media and turn it into social content that can last years. Like if you've been on a TV segment or a podcast, that is a permanent digital asset that will live on for years online and get lead generation for years to come. And you can also use it for years to just repurpose and use on your social media content. So yeah, it's really fun. I love that. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's do this. We have some things you want to talk about. Uh, You have a free guide. So let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. If you go to my website at kayleymedia.com, K-A-Y-L-E-Y media scroll to the bottom, you'll find a free kickstart your PR guide. It actually walks you through how to set up your hero help a reporter out profile and how it works. It also helps you to hone in on your story, just get really clear on how you want to be publicly perceived in the media. So it's called kickstart your PR guide and it's on the Kaylee Media website. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And you also have There's something else you have, PR services for founders, creators, and experts, right? So is that what you're doing with your company? Yeah. So tell us about that. Who who needs to call you right now? Who needs to jump on and reach out? And how are you helping your clients? Oh, thank you. Yes. So we we help people in the wellness space. We help people in the tech space. We're also in Web3, kind of under that tech umbrella. So NFTs, blockchain, crypto, that kind of world which is really fun and interesting. We help people get PR through that. A little bit of entertainment as well. I work with clients who own agencies or who are in the entertainment industry, wellness. I've had, we actually worked with a client who, two sisters who are mushroom microdose psychedelic plant medicine experts, and they have a program and We started working with them and they had zero media. They were brand new company, new website, little social following. And within six months, we got them on so many podcasts, so many articles. They even did TV. And then within six months, we got them featured in a Forbes article. And that really shifted their entire business. With One of the podcast episodes that came out, they said that the day it got published, their website crashed because so many people were going to their website after their interview. So oh my like gosh, that, that get me so excited. I'm like, I'm so sorry your website crashed, but oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. So yes. Um, yeah. Oh, well, there's there's the the indicator, right? If you're not sure if it's working, if they crash your website, you know it's working. Right. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. What a story. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, so listen, all of the links to Kaylee are gonna be right in the show notes. So as you're listening, if you just click the show notes. You can go there. But Kaylee, let's tell our listeners one place where they can find you that's simple. Yes, you can head to Instagram at Kaylee Media, K-A-Y-L-E-Y Media. I love it. Oh, my gosh, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being here. 
On the She's Invincible show, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs and we're going to spotlight their expert zone of genius. You have done that so well. We just gave them a whole lot to chew on (laughs) over here. I'm so excited because, you know, sometimes people just freeze because they don't even know what the first step is, which is why we like to try to go to that first step. But, you know, I also think that a lot of times people that are newer in business feel like they have to have so much money to invest. Uh, And so we want to give them that first step to get them to that Mm -hmm. place. But, you know, let's debunk that myth real quick. You know, like what kind of budget should someone new starting out have to be able to even dip their toes into what you are offering at your company? Mm. Well, first starting out, I mean, it does become a time consuming task. However, if you are not ready to outsource a PR agency, you can start by, like I said, start creating a list of other people in your industry who are doing press interviews and create a list on top of that of all of the podcasts, all of the outlets. And specifically, when I say outlets, I mean the digital platforms. So say they spoke to Business Insider. Click on that link and click into who the journalist is, who the reporter is. And you can start to make your own PR list. Sometimes if you click on that profile, you can find their email address. You can find email addresses on social media. And so just start your own PR list. And then you can start, you know, every week, put put aside maybe an hour, two hours of your time to send out your pitch to the outlets that you think you could be featured on. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be the first step. And yeah, when you're ready to outsource PR, it is a few thousand a month. So it's certainly an expense, but it is an investment into your business. Oh, it's um, so it's worth it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you should pay a few thousand it. to get a hundred thousand, right? Like, yeah. how do you even, you know, the ROI is ridiculous. But I think people do feel like, how do I know when I should be investing that? So I love what you're saying. A few thousand. And then they can get started and I'm sure they can grow, right? So they can, as they grow, they can grow in different places that they go to and, you know, be able to make bigger investment, right? So a few thousand at the front end and then they can grow. Yes. And I think it was Bill Gates who said, if I had like a thousand dollars left for my business, I would spend it on PR, which is so funny, but it's true. And this is how I This is exactly the sentiment that was communicated to me from my clients who are the psychedelic medicine experts. They were starting at zero and they went full in on PR. And they said to me, they're like, it's basically an accelerator. Like if we hadn't have started with you from the beginning and gone all in with PR, we would be five years behind. But because of all of the placements that we were able to get by hiring a PR agency, Now, within six months, we're five years ahead of where we would have been without PR. Do you need to hear anything else? (laughs) Okay, we're just going to call that the mic drop and and say you can't afford not to do it. Right. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, who wants to wander in the wilderness for five years when you can make an investment and stretch and, you know, and, and really invest in your efforts with a PR company like yours and be able to to really move a lot faster and grow at an, a ridiculous amount of speed and break your website. So as long as you have someone on <laughs> hand that can fix the website when it goes down, you're exactly. good. 
I love this. Oh my gosh, this is so great. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's gonna happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you wanna come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're gonna have experts there that are gonna be sharing their genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend. And it is on Zoom, so super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment, we can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. Well, this has been fun. And, you know, here we are. We've shared all of the highlights and we the expert zone of genius. I, we, I don't know how, what else you could say to people today that could help them any more in this area of PR. So thank you so much for that. But we're not done. We are not done because, you know, on She's Invincible, we not only do that, but we also pull back the curtain and we share because we're spotlighting you and people are looking at you. She's young. She's brilliant. She's beautiful. She's so lucky. They have no idea, right? Like lucky. You just want to smack them. So, <laughs> and we do say that publicly <laughs> uh, because it is luck has nothing to do with it. And so we love to pull back the curtain and share the journey that you took to enjoy the success you have today. So are you ready to tell some fun stories? Yes. Okay, let's great. Do it. Let's do it. Okay. So the first story we want to share is about the good. So tell us the good or the greatest part of your journey so far. I, I would say the good is the people that I've met along the way and been able to learn from working at 
Entertainment Tonight, which is the number one entertainment news show out of all of them. I was able to work with the best of the best in the industry, and they were all so kind, so loving and helpful, and they taught me so many invaluable things. Same at Us Weekly, all the way up to now, the clients, of course, who I work with today, it's like, this is my dream come true. I just love being surrounded by super inspiring people, women who just uplift one another and are doing big things and taking big steps in this world to make all of their wildest dreams come true. So I would say that's the good. That sounds like a dream life and a dream career, doesn't it? To be <laughs> to just be immersed in in that is amazing. And just to have your hand in that and be able to help people. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's always fun. But now we have to talk about the bad. So we're going to save the ugly for last, but tell us a story about the bad part of the journey. Yeah. So for the bad, I would say at the end of my time at Entertainment Tonight, I was around maybe like 25 years old. And I was so I was really burnt out and I was very uncertain about my future. Again, it was another kind of crossroads moment. And I knew I had to leave that job, even though it was my dream job, but I knew it wasn't serving me anymore. And so the bad would just be the uncertainty of quitting the job. It was the first major job that I had out of college. And so, and it was my dream job. So it was confusing for me. I'm like, well, where am I supposed to go now? This is all my dreams have come true, but why am I so unhappy? And I'll get into that in the ugly, but just, I would say the bad is just the uncertainty of not knowing what the future held or just where I would end up and having to lean into taking a big risk without knowing the outcome of what was to be, or just needing to find that like trust and faith within myself and shift from kind of like the fear-based mindset that I was so used to being in as a really shy, insecure girl in my twenties, shifting it to being positive, being optimistic and knowing that there is something beautiful on the other side. So I would say the bad is just the uncertainty of quitting my job and not knowing what lay ahead. Mm, you know, we always say that, like, you can't reach for the great, right? So you let go of the good. And it's like, and yet it is the scariest thing. Like, why does something that you know is so right feel so wrong or so scary? Gosh, mm. and you were young. You were so young. Like, that was like your first. But I love what you said. Like, you know, what do I do now? I already met my my dream came true, like at 25. Right. Wow. So I can only imagine being young, right? And I mean, you probably have so much, you're still young, but you probably have so much wisdom now more so from what you've done. I love this. Okay. Well, we're going ugly. Tell us your, <laughs> tell us your ugly story, Kaylee. I know there is there's always one. I know, I there know there's I always know. one yes. and you need them to become the person that you're meant to become. And I would just say the ugly side is just the burnout that I suffered. And I didn't even know what burnout was, um, but it put me into therapy for the first time when I was in my early 20s, because I was just so confused. Like, why was I unhappy in my dream job? Why was I so tired and just like stressed out? And it was just a next level of stress and anxiety. And so thankfully, I had the wherewithal to seek out a professional and speak to a therapist 
And I realized it's, it was because I wasn't exercising my boundaries. First of all, I was just so gung ho in this job and I made it my entire life, my entire being. And it took over my whole self. I wasn't taking care of myself first. And that's of course what you have to do before you're able to be successful or achieve or be there for anybody else. You have to take care of yourself first. And I was not doing that. And I didn't realize the importance of doing that whatsoever. It was just, I made my life all about the work because I did love it. It was so much fun, but it just snowballed and I let it go way too far. And then I learned you know, something like that. It's all within your control. It's all within your power. But I didn't know that then. And so I would say that was the ugly was experiencing burnout, having to fully quit my job without another one lined up because of it. But, you know, there was a rainbow at the end of the storm. And that was the first time that I really sought out professional help with my mindset. And then that led me to loving the the lane of just self-development and all of the tools that I have today, like meditation and just being very, very aware of my boundaries and that I have to come first before I can be amazing for everybody else and the rest of the world. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you are invincible. You are absolutely a hundred percent invincible uh, being young and, and you've gone through those cycles so quickly. It's such a, like an accelerated you know, speed. Uh, and here you are today living the now you're actually living your dream life, right? So yeah, yeah there's a difference. It, there's a difference between having like the dream job and living that dream life. And you got it. You figured so well it out. Said. Yeah, yes. you're so right. I love it. Well, I'm so excited for you. Thank you for the work that you're doing in the world for you and your team and for all of this PR and helping other people get the visibility that they've earned and deserve and to help us find the people, right, that we're looking for. And you do that through helping these people with their visibility and the PR and just getting them out there. I appreciate that so much. And for our listeners, be sure to click the link in the show notes so you can reach out to them, get your freebies that they're offering on their website. And just connect with Kaylee and, and see what she can do with her team to help you to accelerate and elevate you and your business in the world today. And I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, just get back up. Tell them, Kaylee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can do it. And these hard feelings will pass. Just remember that. Let yourself feel the feelings. Don't suppress them. Let it be and also know that it will not last forever and that you will get to the other side. I love it. This too shall pass. Just get back up because you can do it. You can do anything. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at camilehman.com. I can't wait to meet you.